and we're live and we are live welcome back to everything eos the longest running eos podcast thank you all so much for joining us on this friday afternoon eastern time maybe it's evening where you are or maybe if you're in the east it is even saturday so happy weekend to you all before we get started i do need to remind you all that we're just two guys talking about open source software that we love but nothing we should say should be taken as legal financial tax professional or any other kind of advice uh don't take advice from us or you will likely get, get wrecked. wrecked yeah that's how it goes uh, so we got the disclaimer out of the way. I, I, I had some dual audio go and I had the live stream up in my ears. So I was like hearing you twice. Did you remind everyone to like and subscribe and to vote for Cypherglass because we've got to kick every show off? Yeah, absolutely. Smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We always try to bring you all of the news happening in EOS. And we have some pretty interesting stuff uh, to talk about today. Um, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I think uh, the the biggest thing that happened this week, you're actually directly involved with, Rob. There was uh, yeah. a little bit of a Twitter war going on between you and Ash Oro. Uh, it, it got into like a little bit of a bickering. Uh, like I don't know. I don't know. It was good points on both sides. And uh, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of Ash's and Zane's opinions on the voter incentives on the EOS radio channel, which I highly recommend as another YouTube channel to catch up on all of the latest happenings on EOS. Um, and Rob's obviously going to give uh, some of his side of this also about um, his past experiences with DPoS and why he is wholeheartedly against uh, these voter incentives, voter rewards, vote buying. Or uh, I'll just kind of let Rob put it in his own words. Uh, you want to kind of give your spin on this and I'll kind of keep the balance going and give some of Ash and the uh, pro voter rewards people side of it a little bit yeah absolutely and the first thing i want to say i mean i have total respect for ash and what he's done and um the the value that he's brought to the es community so there's yep. there's no malicious intent here or anything like that this is more of just a recap of what's happened and sort of diving deeper on why i think vote buying is is such a really a destructive practice especially in dpos and ultimately it comes down to what i like to call a race to the bottom so right now, if you look back on all the tools that block producers have created over the last year of the mainnet being live, it's pretty much every tool that we use today. All of the different block explorers that we use, whether it's Blocks or EOS Park or EOS X or something else entirely, EOS Flare, all of those were developed by block producers. The Ledger Hardware Wallet that we put out was developed by block producers. There are new DSP portals developed by block producers. There are even tons of dApps that are being developed by block producers and dApps that are being onboarded, being helped by block producers as well. So if you really sit down and quantify the amount of value that BPs have been adding to the overall EOS network, it's kind of insane. And I think we would be in a much worse position if that wasn't the case. And when you have vote buying, which is essentially um, sharing rewards from a block producer directly with people who vote for them. So that would be, hey, if you vote for Cypherglass, we'll give you, you know, 80% of, of our block rewards daily. We'll send it to you automatically. And that sounds great from a token holder perspective. That sounds great to me. Hey, I'm going to make a bunch of money. People are going to be, you know, sending me EOS just for voting. But what a lot of people don't realize, because they just might not have experience, they may, may have not uh, been in a DPoS network where this was an issue, is, is that really leads to a race to the bottom, where instead of those block producers then taking that 80% of their funds and reinvesting that back into the EOS community, building dApps, onboarding developers, doing consulting calls, educational courses, so much different stuff that all kinds of different block producers are doing, rather than doing that, instead, they then start cutting back. 
They stop doing those bounties. They stop investing in the network. They stop onboarding people because it, it really is just about paying out all of their rewards. And ultimately what happens is after one BP offers any amount, let's say it's 80% of their rewards, another block producer who wants to get ahead of them will come in and say, hey, I'll give you 85% of my rewards. And then another says, hey, I'll give you 90%. And ultimately it gets to the point where block producers are essentially then sacrificing their infrastructure because they're just trying to pay out as much as they can to stay competitive in that arena. So essentially it boils down to that is that when you have vote buying or direct voter, uh, I guess we could call it vote reward sharing or something along those lines, when you have direct block producer pay share with the people that are voting for them, you ultimately end up with a network that is much less secure because it's running on worse infrastructure. There are uh, uh, much less high quality tools, everything being invested in on the network. So ultimately, it's a very bad thing. And we saw that happen with Lisk, where this cartel that called themselves the Lisk elite essentially said, hey, we'll give you, I think it was somewhere between 80 and 90% of their block rewards, but only if you vote for all 30 of the people in that Lisk elite cartel. And ultimately, it resulted in block producers not maintaining their infrastructure, not upgrading. And the block producers that were adding value to Lisk ended up pulling out because they were not a part of that Lisk elite cartel. So it's something we've seen happen in the past. And I'm just so passionate about it because I really, really don't want that to happen to EOS as well. All right, I'm going to pop back in here. Um, so, so there's a few different uh, ar- arguments here of what, what is going on. And I, I kind of want to point out uh, an article that was published by Sean. At, uh, his name's Too Legit Crypto. Uh, he posted this on the EOS Raider. I'm going to pull his article up um, real quick. He made a few good points. All right, so he, he had a pretty good article called EOS and the Dawn of Voter Awards. And the reason he brought it up is because of Nudex. They have a staking pool called Nupos. All right. So this is one of the first uh, in-your-face like voter reward pools available uh, to the Western world, at least, because all of us are at least familiar or use Nudex. So we see this banner ad at the top of our page, and, and whenever you click on it, it introduces uh, these Nupos rewards. So what it what it's doing is it's paying out a three percent annual yield, uh, which is like I, I'm assuming three percent on your EOS. So if you had 100 EOS and you staked it to this new POS staking pool for one year, you'll get a three percent return on your investment. So at the end of the year, one year, you'd have 103 EOS from your 100 you started with. But the, the thing is, where where are the votes coming from, or where is this EOS coming from? Uh, is it coming from their block rewards? Is it coming from um, block producers on their proxy who are paying you, which also brings up the proxy itself. So if you want to earn uh, these voting rewards, which they're offering 3%, um, you, you have to vote for one of the Nudex proxies. Um, they have several proxies, so I don't want to say that this is the only proxy that they have. I, I know uh, we've had some really good conversation in the Everything EOS channel, uh, more, more in depth than what we're probably even going to give you today. So as we're talking here, I just want to recommend you join our uh, Telegram channel at t.me front slash everything underscore EOS. The last three days of conversation have been super constructive on this conversation. But what I wanted to bring up with the Nudex proxy is uh, you, you look at their candidate votes and who they're voting for. So there's definitely some good block producers on here. I, I see EOS Nation. I vote for them also. I like, I'm not going to call out all these ones that I like. EOS Lao Mao, I like you guys. Sorry. Uh, Nairobi's good. But these aren't 
typically the block producers, a lot of uh, our audience, for example, are voting for on their own, whether you're using a, a proxy like Brock Pierce One or the Luke Stokes proxy or the investing with a difference proxy, or if you're voting yourself, these are probably not the same block producers you would vote for individually. So what's happening here is it, it, it's a disalignment of incentives uh, is what's best for the network is geographic diversity. But what's best for the individual token holder, if they're interested in these voter rewards, is voting for one of these proxy services that are paying. So, so it's like a very difficult and complicated situation because it, it's really hard to kind of give up short-term gains for, for long-term gains, I, I guess, uh, is one way of putting it. So one of the arguments here uh, from, from the voter reward side is that if all of this is already happening, so we have... Uh, Nudex, Stardios, uh, and I think Infinistones has something like this. If they're already doing it anyway, there's already uh, voter incentives going on. Uh, and then there's some vote trading going on behind the scenes that we don't actually see on chain. Why not make it transparent and bring it to the surface so that something like um, what's been proposed by Ash and his team is a voter ex exchange, essentially, where uh, a list of block producers could... Uh, list all of their like reward percentages and they would reward individual voters for voting for them rather than having to go through one of these proxies like Nudex. So if you want to earn the Nudex rewards, you have to agree to vote for all 30 of the block producers that they want you to vote for. Whereas if, if this was brought to the surface and brought uh, transparently to the surface, everyone could be out in the open of what kind of rewards they're offering and the individual token holder can, uh, select a la carte uh, the block producers that they want to produce. Um, but the only way that this could work is if there was very strong um, analytics on, on if the block producer's infrastructure is doing a good job, if they're keeping up their speed with, with CPU and processing, because there's a balance here. Um, some of the conversation in the Everything EOS channel that happened today was someone said they would rather vote for EOS New York and get a 1% voter reward then vote for the Nudex proxy and get a 3% reward. So it's finding that balance of what's best for the individual token holder and then what's best for the entire network. And just like whenever you shop for a product at the store, you don't always buy the very cheapest one because it's going to be low quality, but you don't necessarily buy the most expensive one either. Uh, and, and that would be equivalent to the uh, block producer of the proxy paying, paying to the highest bidder. Um, yeah, I think... To, to respond to that a little bit, I think my biggest problem with the transparency argument is that it, it, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, there are a lot of people that don't know about these voter incentive programs right now. And I actually think that's a good thing because it prevents us from, you know, escalating the situation so quickly where suddenly we're in a LISC situation where there's one major cartel that everybody is, you know, putting their votes to because they pay you the most. Where if you put it all on an easy to use dashboard, it just exacerbates the whole situation. So I think talking about it is a great thing. We have to talk about these issues. There are flaws in the system right now, and we have to talk about them to fix them. But I think to go as far as to almost promote them by making it easy for people to buy into these systems and, and start getting those rewards um, by voting for these BPs, I think it just exacerbates the whole problem. Um, How do you feel about the, the token resource argument? So uh, a token gives you resource. It gives you CPU and net, and you could also use that token to purchase RAM on the main net. How, how do you feel about the argument that, uh, as far as property rights, that voting is like one of your property rights of being a token holder, and um, like as an owner of that token, you could do whatever you want with it? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. If you have a token and, and you want to go and give it to new decks and, and vote for them in order for that, uh, in order for you to get that return, I think that's, you know, that's ultimately your decision. And I think uh, there are a lot of people that, you know, I hear this sort of idealistic argument of, uh, oh, I would vote for EOS New York for 1%, even though this person might give me 3%. And sure, there are, I'm sure there are, there are some people, a handful of people that would do that. But those are generally the people that are already engaged in the voting system right now. What really happens when you implement these voter rewards and make it super easy um, for people to just come in and do it is that, uh, there are a lot of people that don't have that same sort of idealistic approach. Maybe they just assume that the BPs that are paying the most must be the best. You know, they're highest up on the rankings. Uh, and, and, and people generally go towards the uh, different voter proxies that are going to pay them the most, regardless of the long term impact on the network. And that's ultimately what people are trading. They're trading, you know, that short term uh, profit. Uh, or rather they're trading their long-term potential gain on increase in the network for the decentralization of the network, which has been a big problem that a lot of people in the, the entire crypto sphere are talking about in exchange for something as small as a 3% fee. And I thought Crypto Tim did a, a good point. Maybe uh, it was a little too aggressive in his, <laughs> the way he brought out his point, but uh, he did make a good point in that, you know, you're, you're for 3% to potentially harm the network in ways that have destroyed other DPoS networks. It, it really just doesn't make sense to me why you would trade that, you know, that potential long-term value and, and sort of security of the network. So that headline of that video is what, like something about three or $5 prostitutes or something? Or it said like, yeah, EOS 5% hookers or something. I don't know. It but, was ridiculous. <laughs> believe it or not, that actually brings up a very good point. Okay. So it goes back to transparency and putting everything out in the open. Prostitution. All right. One of the oldest uh, occupations in the world. And whenever you, you make it illegal and you put it like you make it hard for them to work in a legal way, there, there's more violence, uh, there, there's more crime that's actually uh, occurring because you're, you're hiding it underneath the surface. But whenever you legalize it and, and you kind of regulate it a little bit, uh, crime actually goes down in, in those cities or countries like, like Germany and like the Netherlands. So it's kind of like right. with, with the vote buying, or, or I don't like the term vote buying, I guess. I, I think we need to get away from that. And I, if we're going to talk about it, I think it should stick to voter incentives or voter rewards. And this is just terminology. I think vote buying like publicly outside of the EOS space, uh, it's going to give a negative connotation. So I think uh, when we discuss this, I think voter rewards and voter incentives are the proper terminology. Would you kind of agree with that, Rob? Yeah, I think so. And I think one important thing to note also is that I'm totally for non-biased voter incentives. Those are things like RECs, where as long as you're voting for 21 BPs or any proxy that you choose, it doesn't have to be a specific proxy, just any proxy or any voters, then you earn that, you know, I think right now it's maybe half a percent, but at times has been as much as two or 3% per year on your EOS. So I'm totally a fan of non-biased voter incentives, but where we get this race to the bottom is when those voter incentives come directly from BP pay from the block producer to the voter that's voting for them. That's when all of a sudden all the BPs that are investing so much back into the ecosystem, building out tools, maintaining servers for block explorers, all kinds of different stuff. All of that tends to go away when that BP pay then gets funneled to the voters. So I'm in favor of a voter incentive. Maybe it's you know 1% inflation to match the BP pay that then gets paid out to voters as long as it's a non-biased voter incentive. Because that ultimately seems to be one of the underlying issues here is how do we incentivize more people to vote? How did you feel a, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I don't remember, Dan proposed, and it kind of disappeared from here, paying people to not vote. And the argument there is if people were just chasing the yield, uh, if you could offer them just as much incentive to not vote, 
as they would be incentivized to vote for 30 block producers that could potentially lower the quality of the chain, then that would be healthier long term is to just pay people to not vote so that they're not incentivized to vote for people or companies who aren't going to take full care of the network. Yeah, I definitely think that's interesting. My my biggest concern with that is that the incentive gets too high not to vote, where then we don't have very many people voting at all. And then the security of the network, meaning, um, you know, the amount of money or the amount of EOS you need to buy to sort of take control of the network, you know, that, that bar drops much, much lower if a bunch of people aren't voting. So that would be my only concern there is that you pay people too much not to vote, then you're not going to have anybody ever voting for any reason. Uh, but it, it's so interesting. I think a combination of a lot of things will likely result in a good solution to this. But it's it's very good that I think a lot of people are agreeing, you know, we need to make a change in some kind of way. Um, and, and that brings up a good point is like having these conversations are all part of how we uh, grow and improve EPOS. The fact that we're disagreeing here and having these conversations and sometimes even these arguments is a feature and not a flaw of DPoS. So it all kind of started because a lot of people are upset about the geographic diversity of the network. They're seeing all of these Eastern BPs and they're, they're looking for a fix or a, 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 a true fix is a balance. And we're trying to find that balance. And that's why we're having these difficult conversations. And there are a lot of very strong leaders in this space working on it. So uh, today during our conversation in the Everything EOS Telegram channel, uh, Kevin from EOS New York said he, he was very confident about his proposal that uh, they'll be publishing shortly. Um, also, a few weeks back, Blockchain Kid put out an article about uh, voter incentives and also for BP rewards, like locking up their rewards, putting more of a vested interest in their rewards so that they kind of give themselves their investing schedule. I think it's worth uh, circling back on that sometime in the near future because this conversation's become relevant again. Uh, and also... Uh, this isn't just a problem that people in the West are are looking at. You actually put out a very, very interesting video this week on the Cypherglass channel where you interviewed Denny from Huobi, and I don't have the name of the guy from EOS Shenzhen. Sheldon. Sheldon. Um, but you want to kind of give a summary of that conversation, what you learned from it, and any anything uh, that you could summarize for our audience here who might not have watched it yet? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the second installment in our East meets West AMA series, where we're really trying to bridge the gap and talk to these block producers and other entities like Huobi in the East and really sort of, you know, figure out what's going on and what their opinion of the current state of the network is. And I was pretty excited and shocked to hear that Denny from Huobi also sort of thinks that we need to, you know, introduce a new governance system. And if you uh, go to the Cypherglass YouTube channel and you click on that AMA, if you look in the description and also in the comments, you'll see quick timestamps to a lot of the most interesting portions of the conversation. Because I know during that first AMA, there were a lot of people that said, hey, I don't have the 30 minutes or an hour to watch this whole thing. I just want the best snippets. So I've done that for you this time. You can easily click on those timestamps in the comments and uh, jump right to the point in the video. But the quote from Denny was, we may need to introduce a new governance system. And I asked him to clarify there on video. I said, so basically what you're saying is, you know, you think we need to get a lot of trusted people within the EOS space, a bunch of block producers, you know, DAP developers, token holders, all kinds of people together for a summit, which is what he was suggesting, put on some kind of, um, you know, new governance summit where we all get together and, and brainstorm this and solve it to introduce a totally new governance system 
um, that could potentially fall in line with the 1.8 hard fork. And he confirmed, he was like, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. I think we may need to introduce that new governance system. And I just want to remind everybody about what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago here on Everything EOS, where I was saying, I think the 1.8 coordinated hard fork that's coming on September 23rd is a, <clears throat> excuse me, is a fantastic opportunity for us to potentially introduce some of these changes where we all have to coordinate and make substantial changes to EOS anyway for the 1.8 upgrade, that we might as well agree on these, these significant governance issues ahead of that as well, so that we can include that in the update. And speaking with Denny from Huobi, it seems like the East is, is potentially on board with that idea as well. You know, They're seeing these conversations that people are having, um, these negative conversations, frankly, about the EOS mainnet, and they want to fix that as well. So uh, it's exciting that I think we could potentially all come up with a solution that we all agree with and all benefit from. Um, I, I pulled up while you said when you brought up 1.8 EOS Authority has a great when 1.8 like status update landing page if you're wondering where we're at. Um, yeah. We talked about uh, the 1.8 upgrade a little bit last week, and at that time, I don't think that 15 out of the 21 producing block producers had s signed the referendum yet, signaling that they're uh, ready, willing, and able to upgrade to 1.8. And since then, they have all uh, signaled that they're going to upgrade. So I, I guess us, it, it coming to the surface that some of them hadn't voted yet. They got the message on Twitter, Telegram, everywhere. Yeah. So thank you to the community for pointing that out to them, that they weren't voting and that they needed to. Uh, but as of right now, uh, the 1.8 upgrade is on schedule for September 23rd at 13.00 Universal Standard Time. Uh, so it, it's going to happen. And as a reminder, the 1.8 upgrade, it, it's going to require an incredible amount of coordination, as Rob said. Uh, so there's weekly calls going on. This is the perfect time for new ideas to be presented. And since I just uh, pulled up um, EOS Authority's website, I think it's worth pointing out some of the stuff that they've been doing because EOS Authority has been a, a great block producer from day one. So this, this is an example of one of the block producers that rely on their block rewards to give back to the community some amazing things that that probably wouldn't get funded if it wasn't for the block rewards. If, if oh, they giving them away, we wouldn't have all these email alert tools and text message alert tools. Oh, um, and even the the lost key solution that was amazing. put together by so many BPs, EOS Authority included, that got I think ten thousand plus uh, people access to their account again. I mean, things like that just won't happen in a system where BPs are giving away ninety percent of their their rewards. It, it just won't. They won't have the funds to do so. So I, I just want to point out this tweet because EOS Authority deserves all of the credit in the world. They have some of the best voter analytics tools on the market. Them and EOS Titan, I think, stand out as like the leaders in the dashboards here. Um, and they put out this tweet recently that says they're approaching, uh, this, uh, top 21 BP, the to token incentives, one token, one vote. They're actually putting in a lot of research and effort into this. So they pointed out that they've been modeling one token, one vote, one token squared, one vote, quantitative voting. And I want to pull that up right now because it's actually, um, really interesting to see how the votes change whenever you switch to one token, one vote, because one token, one vote ha has definitely been something uh, we we've discussed at length here on everything EOS and in the EOS community as a whole, but we don't know really how to model it out. And also if this change were to happen, we have to assume that the votes are going to change significantly. So we can't really base uh, the future rankings based on how they are today. So 
Um, it, it's still interesting to see though. So what I have up on your screen here is on EOS Authority's website, they've actually modeled out what the rankings would look like if we switch to one token, one vote today. So if we switch to one token, one vote today, you could see, uh, I'm, I'm just scrolling through here. You could see how some of the people who aren't in the top 21 uh, become part of the top 21. And then the other thing I'm going to pull up here is uh, the one token squared. Uh, the one token square is much different. Let's see if I get it. All right. So yeah. the one, one token squared. I just wanted to pull it up because I wanted to give a shout out. Cypher Glass, you'd be number four here. So this should be the one. <laughs> we, we support you. I don't, I, don't, I don't really understand the one token squared one vote. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't recall that one being explained to me uh, that well. But it is interesting to see that whatever uh, voting mechanism, like the this voter weight is how all of these Western BPs all of a sudden become in the top 10. Not, not all of them, but, but there's a lot more uh, Western BPs here than in all of the other uh, voting mechanisms. Um, Definitely. And I just do want to also point out that I don't think a system where it's all Western BPs is any better than a system where it's all Eastern BPs. Like you were saying earlier, we definitely need a balance where um, we can, you know, prevent cartels from taking extreme power while still allowing BPs to reinvest a significant chunk of their rewards back into building tools in the ecosystem. I mean, so many things, a huge portion of news. Can you imagine how much less news we would have if block producers didn't build any tools or put out anything? I mean, it, it would be a totally different ecosystem today without all that reinvestment last thing i I agree 100 percent. last thing i want to bring up here is there are a lot of like i said eos new york's putting out a proposal i'm sure there's other people putting out a proposal but not only has eos authority been modeling the different token voting mechanisms but they've actually got this guy luke riley he's a postdoctoral research associate at king's college he he did this over one hour video here where he actually dug so deep into depos it was a deeper dive than anyone I've ever seen do it before. Uh, They they talked about approval voting, delegated proof of stake, justified representation, committees, evaluation. They they introduced this algorithm that I have freeze-framed on the screen. Uh, So the video, I can't even read my own screen share here of how many views it has, but it doesn't have enough. It's only got like 300, less than 400 uh, views. So I highly recommend uh, watching that if you want to continue this conversation on how we can improve... um, the geographic diversity, the voter rewards, one token, one vote, have all of these discussions in an educated way um, and, and try to move forward here. Like, we don't know what the best way is, but we're, we're very optimistic that this, we're going to work through this just like we've worked through every other problem. ECAF at one point was a major problem on this network, and you saw what happened with them. The original constitution was a major point of contention. You saw what we did to that. So we're constantly uh, reaching these, these hurdles and then we clear them. And that's, that's one of the best things about DPoS is we're constantly hitting these walls and then we're smashing right through them because flexibility is a feature and not a flaw of DPoS. And we're working through this. And I have all the confidence in the world we're going to uh, get through it. Absolutely. I'm looking back to those situations that every one, even RAM prices, seemed like it was the end of the world and then we were able to overcome it. So I agree. I'm confident we can as well. And uh, we have an exciting announcement uh, coming next week. Is that right, Zach? Uh, yeah, someone just said uh, my audio is lower than yours. Turn it up a little bit, see if that helps. Okay. All right. Hopefully I didn't unbalance it too much. Um, my, my filters were probably lower. Um, so yeah, did you just ask me about the proxy? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, uh, a little sidetrack there. So yes, uh, we've talked about this before. 
But um, we kind of got a kick in the butt last week because of uh, some controversy with a, a, a proxy that we're not going to name here. But uh, some people uh, kind of chose sides on this argument and it was brought up in our channel. Why doesn't everything EOS have their own proxy? And the, good question. There is no reason any longer why we don't have a proxy. And next week, I am going to be recording an everything EOS proxy NFL draft style video where we're going to draft <laughs> our 30 block producers for the everything EOS proxy. And we're also going to announce the account name of the proxy next week on, on a video. Um, we have some help. We're going to have John Peterson. He's one of our admins in this group right here. Mark Woods in the group right here. Rob's going to be involved in the voting. Peter K from Liquid Apps and uh, everything EOS is also going to be part of it. And Blockchain Kid, who is a very well-respected uh, leader in the community who has a lot of experience with running his own proxy. He's also going to help us make our decisions on who our proxy is going to be voting for. Nice. Uh, and we're going to be, we're going to not just vote, we're going to vote and explain our reasoning on everything EOS. So I think it is a step in the right direction. It is something we've talked about a million times in the past, but I think this last week was a kick in the butt to make it happen. So uh, we'll announce the name of the proxy on, on the live stream or not, it probably won't be live. But um, on the video next week where we announce our 30 votes, we're going to kind of keep the uh, proxy name a secret until that video comes out. That way you can't like get a sneak peek of our draft. But I'm going to try to make it an entertaining video for you guys. I'm going to try to get some input from block producers to send me like a, uh, like kind of like whenever you draft a rookie in the NFL and they put on their, their hat and step up on stage and give their little speech. I'm going to make it entertaining for you guys. I'm going to point out why I like these block producers. And I think... Uh, as this conversation continues with the voter rewards at, at first, we're not going to offer voting rewards because that, that's not our goal right now. But as the conversation continues and if things change throughout the entire ecosystem, uh, we're open to running the proxy the, the best way we, we believe is possible at that given time. So right now, th there, there's no rewards, but we've, we've proven different rewards in the past. And I do kind of want to point that out, Rob is like when we first kicked off the everything EOS developer courses, we used kind of like a voter incentive to give the course for free. Yeah. And that that's something I'm still open to. And I would like, like to see more things like that. Imagine if new decks to, instead of paying for uh, like a yield or something, they gave you like half uh, trading fees or something like different kinds of rewards. As right. we see more uh, proxies, It'd be interesting to see how that would happen if there was a voter exchange, for example. Uh, maybe one one application has a giant app that you like, and they want to give you a huge discount on their app for voting for them. So they're going to give you that discount instead of a voter reward or a payout or a, a, a commission or whatever you want to call it for your vote. So I'm, I'm open to, to learning with the entire community. I'm open to reading and listening to everyone's feedback, and I think Rob is too. We're not yeah, being bullheaded here, uh, especially Rob. Rob has been in this game since 2013, and he's been part of some major DPoS chains that have gone down this, this path before. And all we're trying to do is we're trying to be as strategic as possible uh, and, and take as much input as possible and hope we could all come to the same decision. And like we said at the beginning, we respect Ash and his opinion uh, and, and, his, and Zane as well. And we're, we're going to continue having this conversation both in Absolutely. Telegram on, and on both of our channels. I highly recommend you guys watch EOS Radio because they're probably going to uh, point out a lot of the other side of this argument. And Rob gave a very good explanation of his side of the argument uh, at the beginning of the show. 
So yeah. and, uh, speaking of proxies as well, we have a, another proxy that I have to shout out. This is the EOS DT proxy um, from Equilibrium, which is that very cool stablecoin on EOS. And they now have 3.85 million votes. And a huge thank you to all the supporters out there that were voting for Cypherglass to be included in that proxy, because now we are included. And if you want to see the full list of all 30 BPs, their account name is EOS DT. BP proxy, and you can check out all the votes there. But a huge shout out to both Equilibrium and uh, the uh, community members that actually got us in that proxy. So, Zach, do you want to take a quick moment to explain a little bit about EOSDT and Equilibrium? So, we had Equilibrium on the show. I'm, I just scrolled through the rankings. Everyone could look at it real quick, and then I'll pop up the uh, chat again. Equilibrium is the, the project behind EOSDT. Essentially, what they are is they're just like a MakerDAO where you stake your EOS into a contract and then it mints EOSDT or $1 tethers. Uh, so it generates a stable coin off of your EOS collateral. So th the reason that this proxy is possible and something like this is not possible on MakerDAO on Ethereum is because there is utility to the EOS token for voting rates. So what happens is I think you got to collateralize 170% so you have to put it. You have to lock up one hundred seventy dollars worth of EOS to get one hundred dollars worth of EOS would be right. like the equivalent. But what what happens is like not all of that EOS necessarily needs to be uh, locked up with a three day locking period. And as, as we've pointed out with the Rex before, if you stake to Rex and you don't use the savings mechanism on there, you essentially have liquid EOS while voting and staking to Rex. So what they're doing is they, they have a, a giant pool of millions of EOS tokens locked up into a smart contract that generated EOS DTs or tethers, uh, EOS D dollar tethers. I don't know what it stands for. But what they're doing is they're voting with those tokens that are locked up and collateralized and they're putting them to work. So they're earning revenue not only through the RECs, uh, but they're also voting for, for the block producers that they believe are supporting the network the most. So it's really cool that they're able to lock up the tokens, generate stable coins for the people who are willing to lock up their tokens. Uh, so it adds liquidity because with those EOS DTs that are generated, you could buy an EOS altcoin, or maybe you could buy more EOS with it, or maybe you can cash it out to pay your bills without actually selling your EOS tokens. So shout out to uh, Equilibrium and to the EOS DT proxy for voting for Cypherglass, Graymass, HKEOS, Liberty Block. Liquid EOS, EOS Sweden, Titan, Rio, New York, Nation, Costa Rica, all these good BPs. Shout out to everyone who, who uh, were part of their proxy and will continue to be part of their proxy. Um, but that's that. So next topic. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving on from uh, everything that's going on with the voter incentives and everything on EOS right now, we have uh, a bit of a, a bit of a bummer on the App Store, but it is a there's a pretty big silver lining on this cloud as well that will kind of set the stage for the future of especially mobile dApps on EOS. So we saw an App Store crackdown. Um, where essentially the Apple App Store is prohibiting apps like uh, EOS Links and Token Pocket from having an in-app browser. So that's that DAP browser that you use that you go in and you type in, you know, eosnameservice.io, or you go and type in EOS Nights, whatever it might be. That's how you sort of find DAPs right now. And unfortunately, Apple, being the walled garden that they are, has said, no, 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 no more of that. It's not allowed. But uh, Dan, the Dan, Dan Larimer, uh, seems to have a solution for this, and it all centers around the EOS Authenticator app. So do you want to dive into that a little bit, Zach? 
Yeah, so since we do post the audio version of this, I kind of just want to read uh, what happened for context. So this was posted in the EOS Links Telegram channel, and uh, one of their admins said, We've been in contact with our Apple representative, and it has come to our attention that they are cracking down on crypto applications, which contain internal web browsers that allow for executing cryptographic signatures on behalf of third-party websites. Um, and then they just kind of go into that they don't want to blow their relationship with Apple and how they're going to comply. Um, so like Rob said, this is the in-app browser. So whenever you're in EOS links, uh, a couple weeks ago, they had to remove all of the gambling dApps from their app store because that was requested by Apple several weeks ago. So then more recently, Apple uh, oh, to get around that, what they did was they added an in-app browser into their wallet. So it's if they wanted to, if you wanted to use their wallet and you wanted to play EOS Bet or EOS Dice, for example, they wouldn't have it in their app store, but you could go to, to Dice.one, for example, in the in-app browser, and then it would take you to the site and you could sign in just, just like you usually would. Um, Token Pocket has had this feature for a really long time, and I'm not sure if they pulled the feature. Do you know if they pulled the feature yet, Rob? Uh I don't think they have yet, but I believe they're uh, working on it. And it only applies to Apple, fortunately. It still works on Android. And of course, the EOS Links desktop app that comes out as well will support it too. So big bummer because Apple's trying to swing around their power and try to maintain control of this. But Dan was very confident in this. So the EOS Authenticator app is also known as, or previously known as, the B1 wallet. The same wallet <laughs> we've been asking for and waiting for for a really long time now. It's actually out. And it's available on the App Store. It's just, it requires this upgrade to 1.8. So the same EOSIO upgrade that is required for voice is also required for the B1 wallet to work. But fortunately, uh, the Jungle Testnet and the Kylan Testnet have already upgraded to 1.8. And EOS Laomao, uh, a Japanese block producer, really good team there, uh, they actually deployed the EOS Authenticator app to the App Store, and you could download it today if you want to test it with Jungle Testnet or Kylan Testnet. And what the Authenticator app allows is you could use your 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 native browser. With, I'm drawing a blank. Is it called Sierra? What, uh, Safari. Safari. I don't know yeah. why I just drew a, had a brain. <laughs> That's all right. Just the mobile so, browser you use on your iPhone. Yeah, so what the Authenticator app allows you to do, or the Block One Wallet, as it used to be called, what it allows you to do is it allows you to use Safari, and from with within Safari, you're actually able to, like if you went to Blocks.io, for example, within your Safari app, and you clicked Log In, it would let you log in. It would pop, it would prompt you and let you log in. I'm gonna pull up. Uh... So yeah, I, I have up on on the screen here a, a a little GIF that's moving, and it's showing you how this would work. You can imagine if this was like Blocks.io or any dApp you wanted to use. This is all happening within your browser. And yeah, this is exactly it, how it's going to work uh, once we upgrade to 1.8. It really seems like Block One saw this coming, this sort of App Store crackdown. Obviously, Apple makes money from the App Store by taking a cut of revenue. And if you have a dApp that you know is sort of within an approved app, they obviously don't like that. They can't take a cut of the revenue and the transactions going on there. But this EOS Authenticator app really gets around it, this B1 wallet. Um, that it has been called. So it, it's pretty exciting. And like you said, I cannot wait for 1.8 so that we can also use this. That's going to be uh, a pretty historic moment. All right. So that's that. Uh, Dan said that um, if they want to ban the Authenticator app, it'd be they would have to also ban something like LastPass because yeah. it's essentially just a password manager. And 
he's very confident that this is going to be a, a workaround to the the issues that just popped up from from Apple. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we have some other more positive DAP news as well. If you look at Lumios, which is a, a pretty cool polling application, um, if you download Lumios from the App Store, you can actually start earning Loom tokens. And if you've been keeping up with it, the Loom tokens are now convertible for actual tokens on the EOS mainnet, and they are trading on Nudex at nudex.io. So if you have some Loom there, you can go ahead and move it out of your wallet and either hold it there or head on over to Nudex where you can buy or sell it. So a huge congratulations to uh, the entire Lumios team. It's a big milestone they're they're doing big things i i stay in yeah. uh semi-regular contact with ali the, the the founder there and whenever i saw him at uh consensus blockchain week he had some I, I don't even know what's public and what's not so i'll just say that they're doing good stuff there and um, i'm very positive and bullish on the long-term uh fruitful not fruitfulness i don't want to give investment advice here as a, as a <laughs> as, this isn't anything about the token okay how about that Right, I think right, right. that the app is really cool. I think yeah. the concept of the app is really cool. And I think that the data that the app is producing is really cool because it, it gives you insight into the mindset of like the EOS and crypto community. Uh, yeah. And I think the, there's a lot of innovation happening. there. The best part really is that it's all opt-in and you're making money by answering those polls. So it, it's pretty cool and a good way to, to sort of burn time. But uh, we had some other uh, interesting uh, announcements come out from Liquid Apps as well. It looks like you guys just picked your DSP portal winners. Is that right? Yeah, we we got We nice. have to give a shout out to them. Let me pop them up on screen. So big shout out to EOS Nation, uh, the winner of the grand prize. So Liquid Apps, we had a DSP portal challenge. Uh, we we gave away one and a half million DAP and prizes to the win. Uh, the contest was essentially to create what you could look at almost like a block explorer, but different and it's for the dap network so it's to compare and contrast all of the different dap service providers uh and also somewhat of a dap or vram explorer is is something you could see on uh dsphq so these are the seven uh portals that were submitted they're up on the screen uh the three judges we had was tal muscow our cto and genius at liquid apps <laughs> crystal rose from sense chat and greg lee the vp of engineering at block one uh, those three were the judges along with a community vote, which we held in our telegram channel. And I just want to call out the winners here. The third prize winner is DSP HQ. They're one of my personal favorites that I've been using a lot myself. Uh, I think Tal also said that, uh, it's one of his favorites too. Uh, it has some features that the other ones haven't quite, uh, included yet. Second place was for cafe block Saeed Jaffries and the team at blocks IO shout out to you guys for having a very clean user interface. Uh, and I think they were actually first to to publish also. I, I think right. their DSP portal was public well before the contest was over. And first prize with the most informative uh, uh, portal and with the most information and tutorials and walkthroughs and videos. And the whole team at EOS Nation is doing a great job as a block producer within EOS and as a DAP service provider on the DAP network. Congratulations to EOS Nation on winning um, the grand prize of 700,000 DAP tokens for winning uh, the the portal challenge here. So that's awesome. 
just wanted to point that out. Uh, yeah, and I gotta, I gotta ask you real quick, Zach. I've been meaning to do this. I saw a little tweet from Benny, who's the CEO over Liquid Apps, who oh, said, <laughs> "I knew you were gonna say that." He said, "Which of the following chains would you connect to EOS public network first, and why?" And he had Ethereum, Binance Chain, other EOS chains, and Bitcoin. And it looks like Bitcoin and Ethereum won by a big margin. So I got to ask you, does this mean that the, I, I tweeted a little bit about this kind of speculating, does this mean that the, the DAP network is going to connect all of these different networks? Um, so IBC and XIBC have been services that were released a, a while ago. You could read the other chains. Uh, I think oh, okay. Peter K and I did a video a while back on it. Um, I'm not going to really make any promises or speculate on, on things that we're working on. Uh, this is more of a hypothetical thing. Okay. Uh, and to get kind of community feedback on on what the community wanted to connect to the main net. And uh, I'm looking at the results here. So it was almost a dead tie between Ethereum and Bitcoin. So that's that's interesting. But yeah, um, and there's still uh, a day left, I think, to vote on the poll. So if you want to vote, uh, go follow Benny at Benny Hakak on Twitter and you can vote on that poll as well. But I'm excited. I know there's it, it seems like you guys are doing a lot at the, the DAP network. And I wish I wish I knew more. But uh, <laughs> if you can't talk more about it now, I understand. We'll wait until you can. Yeah, make an I mean, I, I'm not a founder. I, I think okay. uh, any anything like that should definitely come out of uh, Benny or Tao's mouths. And uh, Tao, I, I mentioned last week, I was kind of talking about Tao's background. He just moved back to Israel from the United States. Him and his wife are both from Israel. Uh, so they moved back to Israel to be with the Liquid Apps like core team in Tel Aviv, oh, Israel. Wow. So that means that he's probably going to be coding even more. He, he's awesome. like he's like he has this crazy like method where Tao will go on like these seventy-two hour binges where you won't hear from him. He'll just like code, and then he'll come back with some insane solution and share it in like <laughs> our, our Slack groups. And then he'll he'll sleep for two days. He's like a bear that just like wow. goes to these boom and bust or boom and sleep cycles. And I'm excited to see like more of like him kind of uh, fulfilling his own vision. Uh, I I think that both Benny and Tal have like huge visions for what they want to do. Um, I'm not going to speak for them, but. Um, they caught my attention very early on. Like we had them on the show, literally a, we had a three hour conversation with them, Peter K and I, and at the end of that conversation, uh, within like two weeks, we found ourselves on the liquid apps team. Yeah. Uh, so they've definitely, uh, got me excited about scaling the EOS mainnet and making it interoperable, uh, with all kinds of different things. Uh, while, while making RAM near limitless. And then we, we talked about the liquid accounts, like free EOS accounts for the end users. And we don't even need to wait uh, for, for 1.8 necessarily for, for some of these features. Um, but I'll leave it at that. We, we have some really uh, thing. I don't, I don't want to give any, uh, I think we should move on to the next topic. <laughs> okay, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, I just don't want to... Um, the wrong words out there that, that I, I'm not uh, permission. No, to that's say. fair. Let's just say that. Uh, I just want to bring up uh, the block one. Uh, last week, we brought up how they've been blogging every single week. So we, we don't necessarily hear all of block ones. Uh, like we don't see Dan and Telegram every day like we sometimes wish we did and some people wish we didn't. And we haven't heard from Bloomer that much recently, but we pointed out last week that they've been blogging every single week and EOSI yeah. Labs has been on fire. So uh, they, they released the strategic vision 
uh, at B1 June. It, and they didn't even announce it on stage. It came out as like a, a, a landing page of its own. But what they put out, uh, I think a few days ago, was part one of a three-part series on their scaling solutions. Do you want to kind of just run through the bullet points there and just give a quick thought on it? Because I, I think we're running a little long here. We'll, we'll just run through yeah. these last few topics. Yeah, so basically to summarize it, that overall strategic vision was kind of the block one roadmap. And I say roadmap in quotes because there are no dates. It's just sort of their strategic vision or strategic roadmap for what they want to accomplish in the future. And this is part one of four, actually, I think. Um, and, and this one is really focused around vertical and horizontal scaling. So if you're interested in this, um, it, it's really interesting article. It's a bit more technical, but they talk about all the stuff they're working on with vertical scaling, which means you're sort of scaling within a single thread and, and optimizing the system that we have now. Um, but then even doing horizontal scaling with other blockchains, multi-threading, parallel smart contract execution, and sort of how you enable DApp developers to build DApps without making it too complex, you know, scaling across a bunch of different chains or shards. So uh, it's pretty exciting that they're doing this. And then I also saw um, this I haven't had a chance to dive into too much, but it looks like the EOSIO alpha release of different history tools um, was just released as well. So this is pretty exciting. Okay. It, yeah, it seems like a, basically a replacement for the old deprecated history solution that so many people were talking about over the last couple months. And uh, this is essentially an easier way for people to query the EOS blockchain. And obviously, Defuse is a great example of um, you know a private company came out of EOS Canada, a, another block producer adding value to the ecosystem. Um, and Defuse allows you to easily query the blockchain. But we still need that more sort of... Uh, decentralized solution, I guess you could call it. And uh, this looks to be that. This is sort of the official querying solution and it has a new WASM query language and all kinds of stuff. So I'm excited to see how that develops and uh, get that implemented on the mainnet as well. All right. So I think we're uh, running through the rest of our notes here. Uh, last week, I pointed out that Block One's hiring for an insane amount of jobs. So everyone that thinks like they're not doing anything just because they're they're not in constant communication on Telegram, if if you want them to do more uh, and you're able to move to Hong Kong, Blacksburg, Washington, D.C., or Los Angeles, I highly recommend you are constantly in tune with their careers page. So they just added four new positions since our show last week. Uh, so they need an EOS event specialist, an event coordinator, a security uh, researcher, customer success advisor, content creator. And I'm just going to scroll through the rest of the jobs without actually reading them to you guys. But there, there's over 50 jobs that they're hiring for, and I don't even know the the employee count at Block One at the moment. Rob, are you familiar with how many they have out of all three or four of their offices? I know it's hundreds. I know when Dan, uh, on our interview that we had with Dan and Brendan um, after the B1 June announcement, Dan said they had more than 100 people, and then uh, Brendan clarified, oh, that's only in Blacksburg. So I would imagine another 100 in Hong Kong, maybe a couple in Los Angeles, and then obviously the D.C. office coming up as well. So now they're, they're a couple hundred people deep, I believe, in their organization, and obviously scaling very quickly, as you can see with all these job posts. Yeah, I'm, I'm only halfway through the job, so we're just going to have to keep talking about jobs. I'm going to have to scroll faster. I just no, wanted to pull fair. them all up on screen because... Uh, we get a few thousand people watching these every single week, and I want the community to be at block one. I want people who watch everything EOS to be at block one. We want the community and, and the, the core team building EOS IO to be one and the same as much as possible. And if we could help block one fill these positions just by scrolling through some of these jobs every now and again, a digital media analyst in Los Angeles, uh, product designer, developer advocate, uh, 
developer relations advocate, digital media analyst, all of these positions. I'm just going to, all right, finally, I'm at the bottom of this list. We can move <laughs> on to the next topic. Yeah, um, I think the, the next thing I want to talk about is just uh, a couple reminders. And we are in uh, sort of tradition on the show. We are about to do a Blancos giveaway. So get ready. We'll do that in just a sec to close at the show. But there is that Dice charity event happening on July 27th. It is a 10 EOS entry fee. And both Zach and I will be playing in that as well. Uh, so it should be pretty fun. Half of it goes to charity. Um, and that's at dice.one. And we'll be talking about that next week as well, because we should have another show before that actual event goes uh, un- Unfortunately, 10 EOS, whenever this uh, blog article came out, were worth a lot more than 10 EOS are today. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but uh, hope- hopefully hum- humanelove.org could huddle these tokens for another couple weeks, couple days, couple months, whatever it takes. And uh, hopefully it'll uh, turn into uh, what it was originally intended to be. Or uh, I think if you lose at these tables with your 10 EOS, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to buy back in for 10 more EOS. So if you want to play multiple, I guess, eliminations, you could add to the charity that way also. Uh, So you mentioned the giveaway. We haven't done one in a while. We haven't done one in a while. It's been a while. This is a multi-Blanco from Blancos. As you all know, Blancos is building on the EOS mainnet, and their game is coming out later this year. We know it's coming out sometime in 2019. We don't know an exact date yet, but you can go to playblancos.com, I believe is the website, and uh, check that out. But Do you you want to pick the number, or do you want me to... Who's picked the number? I think you pick the number, and I'll pick the winner out of the chat. I'm going to switch it to live chat. So So Zach is about to send me a number, 1 to 100... All right, it's in, the, it's in the shared Google Doc we're both looking at here. I'm going to make it real yeah, big. It's at the bottom. All right, I see it. All right, we have the number. Go ahead and type in chat a number 1 to 100. Whoever gets it right first, as I see it on my screen, will win this Blanco. So let's see those numbers fly. It's been a while, so I don't know if people are expecting this or not. Here come the numbers. Ooh, real close there. I see people jumping all around it. Waiting for it. Still haven't seen it come through. Some people got really close there at the beginning. Wow, you picked a, a hard number, I guess, Zach. You haven't seen it? I'm, I'm not even looking. Oh, I'm looking. I don't see it yet. People are getting all around it. People are one off, two off. Come on, guys. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, looks like Connor Mosher. I hope I'm saying your name right. K-O-N-N-E-R wins with the number 71. Congratulations. Hit me up on Telegram at Finchify, and I will send this blank your way. And I noticed a couple people said they didn't receive theirs. I've sent out so many of these now. If you still haven't received it, DM me on Telegram as well, and I will make sure to get it out. So there it is. Number 71 in the chat. Congratulations, Connor. So that's awesome. Should we uh, close out the show? I think it's been a pretty good episode. I, I think it's a good time to close out. This is like the the least like hyped we've been as far as like, not that we're not hyped, but like I'm usually like all caffeinated and like overhyped and so are you. This is a good conversation we had. I think we were very constructive with things. I hope we helped people uh, hear both sides of, of a highly debated issue. I hope you learned something about what's going on in EOS. I'm um, looking forward to my video next week to launch yeah. the proxy. Uh I, I see Mark and Jonathan Peterson in the chat here. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you on who we're going to vote for and why. But um, until that video next week, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this, and this is Everything, is everything EOS. EOS. Go, go EOS. EOS! Put a Go EOS in the chat. Smash the thumbs up. We'll see you next week. Later, guys.